Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is Tuesday, April 28th. I'm thinking maybe yesterday I forgot to say what day it was. But uh, it's a beautiful morning here in Santa Fe. Really just gorgeous. And it's pretty out on my patio with the plants and stuff. should see if I can take a photo for you. Um, I love getting the hanging baskets early in the year because it really um, adds adds color and bloom to an otherwise what somewhat barren early spring. My wisteria is starting to bud out, which means that I really need to try to paint the portal. Um, it's going to have to happen today or tomorrow, I think, because it's going to uh, be... I, ca I can't get to it once once the wisteria leaves out. <laughs> I can't get to the wood. And boy, if I, I've been meaning to do this for years. In fact, my mother's probably rolling her eyes because I was determined that last spring was going to be the one. So uh, it could be that COVID will... Do what all of my resolve previously has not. <laughs> Still a little slightly shady on the porch. Just not um, quite as warm as I would like to be at this moment. So I'm moving over to the east side here. <clears throat> which still needs to be raked out. <sighs> so yesterday... After David took the one pack wrap to be relocated, many people have been concerned, but we just relocated the pack rat a distance away where it can't come back. Uh, I saw another pack rat out bouncing around on the porch and <laughs> in daylight, which is unusual. Um, and it was really going all over the place, and I might be anthropomorphizing or fictionalizing <laughs> all part of my jobs, but I was imagining that the pack rat was looking for its vanished fellow, which I felt really guilty about. <laughs> Some neighbors walking by with their dog. I think my voice really carries when I'm sitting here, so that's why I break off somewhat, or I probably get quieter. Anyway, um, so, but David caught another pack rat last night, hard to say if it's the same one, so we're going to re-release, we're going to release that one in the same place as the other one, so hopefully the pack rat family will be reunited in a wilder location where they are not attempting to murder me. <laughs> um, we did talk to our mechanic yesterday. We have a really wonderful local mechanic for which um, I'm immensely grateful. It's uh, amazing to have a mechanic that you absolutely trust and who you can call up and chat with on the phone. So we called him and he said, oh yeah, have the Highlander towed to him. And he gave us the name of um, 
I, sh- I should shout out to these businesses because it's Eldorado Automotive. Dave out at Eldorado Automotive. It's fantastic. And then he recommended Tony's Towing. And we called Tony, and Tony was so accommodating and great. And uh, Tony towed the car out from town and dropped it off at our mechanic. And our mechanic's going to see if (laughs) there's any way on earth we can salvage this car. And if not, he will arrange to have it actually salvaged. And we'll see if we can get some money from that. The towing was quite reasonable. It was $127, which we had to pay for because I only had liability on the vehicle. And I did talk to USAA yesterday, and the guy was explaining to me, and I feel kind of stupid now. I feel like I'm generally pretty savvy about financial stuff, and I really do try to um, cut our corners where I can. And one of the ways that I cut corners is when we have an older vehicle like that one, which is, you know, not worth much anymore, doesn't take a whole lot to total it, that I take it off of the full coverage and I put it on liability only. And the USAA guy was explaining to me that I should have had it on comprehensive. He said, especially older vehicles like that, because he said the comprehensive insurance is actually quite cheap. And it covers exactly this kind of circumstance, uh, which is much more likely to happen with older vehicles. And he said, at least that way it covers the towing and it'll, you know, it would cover the value of the vehicle if you, like, say, have an engine fire from the pack rat. So I'm kicking myself for that. David says that I shouldn't because he didn't know it either. I'm generally in charge of financial stuff. but So I'm passing that along to you guys. Um, I didn't know this. Maybe it's something that changed over time. That could be, and I just didn't keep up with it. But, um, yeah, have that comprehensive insurance. It was kind of funny because uh, when we were talking to David's siblings on Zoom Sunday evening for the cocktail hour, his brother was like, I've got a few vehicles that I'd like to have removed for pack rat for <laughs> by pack rat. How do I sign up for that? It'd be a heck of a lot easier than trying to sell them. And then when we said, well, that we didn't have it, the comprehensive on it, he was like, oh, well, that sucks. And he's pretty good financially. So, oh, well, uh, live and learn, right? Live and learn even when you think you've already lived and learned. So yesterday, I um, I took things fairly easy. I caught up on some emails and other business stuff, caught up on some sales reports, crunching royalty reports. Uh, I'm starting to feel more like I can re-enter the human realm. <laughs> Kareen read The Promised Queen and loved it. Gave me some feedback on a couple things that I've been wondering about. So that'll be good. Get that. It's nice to know that she liked it. She stayed up till 3.30 in the morning reading it. Did I tell you guys that yesterday? I might have. Old news. Old news, but still good news. I was reading yesterday... It, I wasn't reading. I saw a headline yesterday. There's, we need a term for this. So like when you just see a headline go by on the internet somewhere and glean this little negative information with absolutely no context or uh, related 
<laughs> evidence. But I saw that with the lockdown that people are people working from home are working about three hours longer and that it's ruining work-life balance. And I was talking with another friend of mine on chat and she was just saying that she it's she feels like it's taking her much longer to do her job working from home. And she has good days and bad days, but mostly it's just taking her a long time to do her job. And I mentioned that article and then felt bad that I didn't have a uh, any more information than that I might have to look it up and link to it in this art in this uh in the show notes. But <clears throat> now it's warm enough I could take my jacket off. You know, I've been working from home for a long time. I'm I'm sure I've mentioned that before, but when I was working for the environmental consulting firm when we lived in Laramie, Wyoming, I worked in an office that was um what was it? It was like a eight blocks, seven blocks, seven blocks from our house. And I would walk most days. And that, and I'd start working for this environmental consulting firm in that office. And after I had been working there for a few years, the company decided to close the office, um, eliminated my boss, who <laughs> had grown um, both expensive and useless, which is a bad place to be when you bill by the hour. So they laid him off. He was really angry, too. It was interesting to witness. I now kind of recognize it as the mediocre white guy response to being laid off from something. It happened with another guy, or actually two other guys who worked at that same firm. And it was funny because one of the realities of the firm was is you had to be billable. And it was one of the things I did not like about working for that firm. It was like being a lawyer and so forth. If you didn't have billable hours, you you were in trouble, and you could go down to hourly, but then you know you your income really fluctuated, and you had to have at least twenty four hours a week to stay benefited. So, it was just a reality that everybody was always kind of scrambling for projects to be billable on. And they wanted us to bill like 10 hours a day because it helped bring down this price point and all this stuff. And it was one of those things that was the unofficial policy. They would never admit to, because it wasn't legal to ask us to work that many hours a week. But at the same time, they strongly encouraged us. So sometimes, David's coming back from the store here. So sometimes... When, you know, you wouldn't have projects, you you know, you'd like be trying to pace yourself and figure out how, uh, you know, to work at the right level of speed. You wouldn't work necessarily as fast as you could because then you'd run out of hours and it was a pain in the ass and it was a difficult place to be. And you knew that if you were starting to run out of hours you know, you'd be sort of projecting ahead and you'd be looking at the next month and thinking, oh, I need to hustle more projects and, you know, I need to figure out ways to keep myself billable or I'm going to, you know, get laid off because people got laid off all the time. 
And so my boss hadn't been billable for like more than a year. He had not had billable projects. And he was doing some of his own projects that he did independently because it would have been conflict of interest for the company to do them. And Anyway, it was like one of those things where the writing was on the wall and it was obvious. And I know all of this is an aside, but it's interesting looking back on it. But when they did lay him off, he was just furious and indignant and offended and how dare they and all of this and he didn't <laughs> help me close up that office at all i just do i put get rid of all that equipment all the papers he just he flounced he basically flounced anyway that was when i ended it and they told me that i could work from home uh which was fine with me except that you know like when i asked them if they were going to contribute you know, a percentage towards my utilities and all that kind of thing. And my boss said, well, usually we figure the money you're saving on commute will make up for that. And I'm like, my commute was an eight-block walk. What are you talking about? They were cheap in weird ways at that company. Good things about it and bad things about it, I guess. So anyway, that was, I want to say, 2005. Yeah, I think that was 2005 that I started working from home. So it was 15 years ago. And there are some things that you learn about working from home. And one of the biggest ones is drawing that boundary between when you are working, when you are not. Because it becomes very, very easy to work all the time. <laughs> and they are perfectly happy to let you do that. You know, like one of the great concerns of bosses is that they think people who are working from home are just sort of screwing around. And so they're always like trying to make sure that you're not screwing around. But all the studies show that people who work from home actually work more. Uh, first of all, there's less office chatter. You're not taking break. You're not hanging out around the water cooler talking to people. You're not... Um, you don't have you don't have meetings, uh, so you're you're at your desk more, and also it's just harder to walk away from it. You know, most people are pretty committed to doing their jobs, and you know, so like you wake up in the morning, you check your email, and you start to get drawn in, and then you end up staying at your desk longer, and you eat lunch at your desk because why not? And so, one of the best tips, and this is not something that's useful for people on lockdown, because Everybody's been sort of crammed into their houses with people who don't normally live there. But if you can have a separate office space that you can close up and walk away from outside of office hours, that's ideal. You, And if you can't do that, then figure out ways to cut it off. You know, like even putting a blanket over the computer. And you only take the blanket off of the computer or the desk between your normal work hours, like from 8 to 5. And if you normally work like 8 to 5 and take a one-hour lunch, then put the blanket over the computer for your one-hour lunch and set a timer. It's, And you might get resistance to this because people know that you're just at home, right? <laughs> it's lockdown. You don't have anything else to do. But resist it because you need it for your personal sanity. Uh, being able to walk away from the office is really, really important. And, and resist the implications that you're somehow screwing around more because you're actually not. That's ev all of the studies have shown this, that 
you're, you're actually not. You know, you might feel like if you're checking the internet, you know, social media or whatever while you're working um, in a way that you couldn't do at the office, you're still working more. So, you know, cut yourself some slack if you're working from home for the first time. I'm a big believer in, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily like this, but I would um, get dressed for work every day. And I did that partly to differentiate between my writing life and my working life. So I would, <clears throat> I even did a blog post a while ago. Maybe I'll try to find a link to it because I had my different outfits. You know, I would exercise and then I would write and then I would switch to day job. And changing outfits helped reset my brain because when we moved to Santa Fe, I had the same desk for both writing and the day job. When we lived in Laramie, I had different desks, and that was really ideal. I loved having my writing desk versus my day job desk. I had this great big room, and I the desks both in the same room, and it was an upstairs converted attic. So it was very easy for me to, when I was downstairs, I was not working. I was not at my desk, right? So those are things to keep in mind. I forgot to mention yesterday uh, on the podcast that I had an essay up at Fantasy Cafe. I will link to it in the show notes again. I did yesterday, but I forgot to say anything about it. But I um, wrote an essay about writing in the intersection of fantasy and romance and also how it, some painful events around me starting to move in the science fiction and fantasy circles uh, where people criticized the way I dressed uh, for being too girly, <laughs> too performatively female. So it's um, I'd love it if you went and took a look and commented. And otherwise, you know, I, I didn't do much else yesterday. I think today I'm going to start writing on some of these guest posts and essays, try to paint the portal. I'm also going to wash the screens. Uh, I meant to do it yesterday, and I got caught up crunching royalties. And then it was so warm in the house last night that I dragged out some of the, the screens anyway and put them on the bedroom windows so we could have the windows open. So last night was the first night with the windows all the way open and woke up to the bird song, and that was lovely. When we don't have the screens on, we just crack the windows a little bit so the cats can't get out, you know. And so... All right, I am going to go do some things. I hope you guys can do some things. Um, don't be afraid to draw those boundaries because no one else is going to draw them for you. Uh, First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You will find other podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I hope you all are soldiering on. We're getting close. Light at the end of the tunnel. You all take care. Bye-bye.